got me again. That gets me again. It gets me again. It gets me again. Welcome to the Who That Kiss podcast. It's your boy RK. I will be joined later on by uh, JD. He's not here right now. He's got to deal with some family stuff. But today we got a guest coming in to do part two of the top five most disliked, or if you'd like to use the word hated, um, teams in the NFL for the Saints fans and Saints writers and Saints podcasters that'll be coming on the Who That Kiss podcast. So today we got Sports Illustrated's John uh, John Hendricks coming on to join us. And uh, yeah, we're going to wrap with that. And uh, we'll be back shortly with John in just a second. All right, welcome back to the Who That Kiss podcast. We got Mr. John Hendricks, Sports Illustrated's own John Hendricks. I got that correct, right? That's right. You got it. Yeah, man, and uh, basically, we're just going through this whole process right now of uh, of getting people's dislikes, <laughs> top five dislikes, which, you know, it, for the, when I first did it, it was actually pretty difficult to do, because it's everybody's going to always jump into the NFC South, but then I thought about it, I'm not really interested in the NFC South with regards to teams that I hate, because they don't really trouble us too often, you know what I mean? Like, all of the drama that we've dealt with as Saints fans in the last 15 years, I don't really think a lot of this come in the hands of NFC South opponents. So it, my 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 bottom five obviously is not uh as you as I've gotten a little bit of a spoiler alert is not NFC South dependent. But I am interested to hear yours. So uh, hit me with your number five. Who's your number five most disliked team in the NFL? Uh, you know, and I'm glad you used the dislike term because I think you know hate such a strong thing. But you know, obviously, with fandom and things that have gone down. I think for me, uh, and I'll, I'll have to say, spoiler, NFC South team's going to be in there. I think I'll put the 49ers uh, up at number five. I, I think um, they could be a lot lower, you know, just because of the history. You know, Saints fans probably don't remember. Some of them might remember, but some of the newer fans don't remember the days of Montana and Young and Rice and all those guys. You know, just kind of how the Saints had a lot of troubles with it. And when the Saints beat the 49ers, it was such a big deal in the 90s and late 80s and all that good stuff. So, I mean, yeah. I, I put them there. And uh, I, I think some of that's probably filled from the 2011 loss. And, you know, we just we had some years where we just couldn't beat them. Um, when we needed to turn the corner, we had a big win in what was it, 2013. Yeah. We were finally able to do it. So, but look, I, I think there's a lot of components going. But I think most of that runs from you know, past scars and, you know, past rivalry, if you will. What's your worst 49er memory? Because mine's like, <laughs> my, mine, is, mine is poignant. Like, mine is poignant. It'll never, ever change. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the playoff game. That's, that's the worst one for me. It, like the entire, the entire game, or is there one moment that sticks out for you? Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it wasn't necessarily the Vernon Davis catch. It was the letting Alex Smith run free. That's and all. All those yardage. <laughs> that was that was my. Oh my gosh! That was like yeah. I'm like really. Yeah. You that... let this quarterback run all those yards. Like if you would have stopped him short, I mean you're in a situation where you're forcing them to, to you know I mean you're forcing their hand here and, and golly yeah that that could have been killer if they would have just stopped Smith from doing all that. Yeah, that's 100 percent the the thing that I remember, and then the pass down the sideline. Um, the subsequent pass yeah. on the side, like just those two plays, uh, that that broke my heart because I I truly feel like that team was that might have been Sean's best coaching job of getting those guys yeah. ready because they just yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, number four, who you got? Number well, four. Don't forget. Well, 
Yeah, yeah. Team that overcame what five turnovers in that game, and still, well, that yeah, was, I mean that was just an insane game. But nope. I remember no Pierre I've Thomas. Been so mad. Yeah, no, we had no Pierre Thomas, and I, if I'm not if I'm not like mistaken, Jimmy got hurt for a bit in that game. So Jimmy sat for a yeah. bit in that game. So like we, yeah, we we were shorthanded, and we still almost won at Candlesticks. So yeah, that would that's a tough one, man. That's that's always gonna be one of the tougher ones for me to watch. I know the no call will get people, and people will be like, yeah, the no call Super Bowl. But like, I feel like we win that game, and we are like we're rampaging everybody the rest of the way through, like twenty point victories the rest of the way through. They thought that was our toughest game. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, um, number four. Who do you got? Number four. Well, I'd say number. Uh, you know, it was close between 49ers and the Rams. You would deserve an honorable mention, honestly. I think that's where it's, or dishonorable mention in this case. Um, I think number four for me has got to be the, the Bears. And, um, you know, look, I, I know it's not indicative of the entire fan base, but, you know, for me, what, everything that happened after Hurricane Katrina for those fans to, like, Basically, uh, you know, what was it? Their Bears are going to finish what Katrina started. That yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's no place for that. There's no, there's no reason to be distasteful like that. And you know, I think the Bears they've gotten a a, a, uh, a few shots in like that, and it's crazy because you know that was a team that the Saints had struggled with early on. But then you know, I think it was what 2011 maybe turned a corner, and the Saints have really taken it to the Bears. But you know, that was an NFC Championship game and. Um, you know, obviously you might can go back further there and, and stuff, but you know, that was, that was a, a turning point. And, uh, you know, again, it's just tough pill to swallow, but you know, insult to injury when, when you leave a game like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bears, the bears hurt because, uh, 2006, I just really wish Reggie Bush wouldn't have aggravated Brian Urlacher. Cause I felt like we had momentum on our yeah. side. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like that was kind of turning, and the play was so big. It was like a play that would happen in Madden, you know? And for it to work in the cold and to get us back in it and then to taunt him and get Briggs and him all worked up. And yeah, that I can see dislike for the Bears. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Bears, but I, it is fun watching the Bears like just self disrupt, self disrupt right now with, you know, 17 tight ends on the roster and just basically taking all the runoffs from every other team that like the bears roster 15 years ago would have been awesome right now because they got so many old guys that used to be good. You know what I mean? And like, they're just like Ryan pace is just completely clueless. He doesn't have an idea of what he's doing there. He has no like path of what he wants to do. He's just kind of throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. It's, 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 it's crazy because everybody praised Ryan Pace at the time and he was in New Orleans and he made some pretty good news. I mean, a lot of stuff that he did here, but man, it's just, you like you said, it's just been kind of questionable. And to have that many tight ends on the roster is just kind of insane to me. And, um, I mean, not only that, but, you know, you look at the, the doink, uh, against <laughs> the Eagles, that field goal. I mean, they could have been playing and stuff, but. You know, they, they don't, and, I mean, it's just one of those, sometimes you take solace and enjoy some of those little things like that that, that do happen, but, uh, you know, sort yeah. of it, I'm not going to be upset to see um, see him, you know, lose or anything like that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm uh, I'm petty like Sean. I, I, I don't ever want no one to be injured, but I always say I don't want no one to get no yeah. serious injury, 
But if you got a bad hangout that wouldn't let you run, like for certain guys, I'm like, yeah, let that happen, you know? Or if you just roll your ankle yeah. just a little bit so you can't run, yeah, let that happen. And the same thing with the Bears. They can have all the hangnails yeah. and, and turned ankles. I, I'll be okay with that. Uh, who, you got for exactly. th- who you got for number three, John? Okay. I think it's just, you know, I could have put them a little higher, but, you know, it's just, uh, I think they're another one of those fans on uh, social media, especially, just like, they just do not want to let anything go. And, you know, you remember the whole gig and all that stuff. And it wasn't just that, but, you know, the Saints just can't seem to beat them in playoffs or anything like that, except when it counts, like they missed the championship game. Yeah. That was definitely the one thing. But, um, for fans, a long time ago, obviously, I was only a couple of years old when it happened, but 87 season, the, the Saints were, what, I think it was 12 and 3 that year, and they were the favorites, and the Vikings come to town, and they beat the, the, the Jesus out of the Saints <laughs> at home. And then, you know, the year that they get their first playoff win, they go to Minnesota the next week, and, and it was Randall Cunningham. I think it was Cunningham. It might have been Moon, but I think it was Cunningham and Moss. They, they ripped apart the Saints there. Uh, in 2001 playoffs, and then, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, you got last year's controversial finish uh, on the wild card with Kyle Rudolph, and then you've got the, um, the, the obviously, the Minnesota Miracle that's going to live down for infamy, so, you know, a couple of that, some bad beats with, uh, you know, some of their fan base that's uh, also been kind of like that Chicago Bears style, if you will, um, yeah. and that's just... Yeah, I was actually at that, the Minneapolis game, the playoff game in 2017. I was there. I went down with, because like I live in Winnipeg, so it's it's a six-hour drive. It's a six-hour drive to to Mini from where we're at. So we decided to get in a car. My buddy just tore his ACL. Um, There was nothing he could do, and he had bought the ticket already, and he's like, you know what, I'm coming. So he's on crutches. We're all rocking Saints gear. I mean, like, we we came representing, you know what I mean? We roll in. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say a word for the first 17 minutes of the game. I just I was in shock at how bad Drew was playing. And then Michael Thomas yeah. laid that block on Andrew, on, on Andrew Sudejo. And, and when he laid that block on him, and like it seemed like the air just went out of that, out of that arena. And I'm sitting there going, okay, we got a chance. Then the miss passed from yeah. Willie Sneed to Alvin Kamara. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, maybe we don't. So I just I never, I never got settled. But then we scored, and I remember looking up at the clock, and my wife was with me, and she goes, "We got this baby." And my, and my, like this guy, my best man at my wedding, um, Salar, he looks at me, and he goes, "I'm booking the flights to Philly right now. I'm booking the flights to Philly right now." And I'm like, "So I'm like, I'm like, so I'm getting all excited, but at the same time, my heart is in my stomach because I've been a Saints fan, so I know how, how this could turn out for us." So I'm just standing there, I'm like, and the the entire place is silent. And Sean is jawing on the sidelines. I'm just watching Sean yell at everybody. His own guys, the Vikings, the refs. He's just yelling at everybody. And I'm so uneasy watching it. And then it happened. And I swear to God, it's just like I felt like I'd been shot. Like it felt like it got shot right in the stomach. I just like sat there. And the fans were so ruthless. Like one guy, you know, drops an N-bomb to me because it's like surrounding by just a bunch of white people. And then some of my homies are there with me. So, you know, they're looking at it. And the guy that tore his ACL defends me as it happens, and the guy pushes him, and he's on crutches. And it just turned ugly, and I just, like, I just told myself, I was like, these are the, the, the lowest of the low of these people. Like, 
you just got a, a, a one of the greatest victories ever, and you tarnish it by you know yeah. by acting like you ain't got no sense. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll never ever like a Vi- like from that like the Vikings. I could I don't care if they have thirty five guys that I've like watched in college and I really like them and they're great guys. I could never ever ever want them to win anything ever again. It's just yeah yeah it that, that was a, left a bad taste in my mouth. But yeah, I'm with you on that one. I like that you got Minnie at your number three. Number two. Who's yeah, and I, look, I'll get to two in a second, but I'll tell you too, I, I just can't, I never forget the feeling I had of like literally sitting there in my, you know, my chair, because I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, obviously writing about it, and then I'm like, I, I, I just had froze in my spot for like <laughs> minutes on minutes. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And I mean, it was just a crazy thing. But you know, your experience, you know, I, the reason why I was saying it is, um, and that, that reminds me about the people that had to deal with all that stuff in San Francisco after the game. I mean, you had the fans talking about how they got spit on and all this other stuff. I mean, yep. there's no reason for that. Like, you know, and again, Saints fans aren't the best in the world at sometimes with stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they're not perfect. Let me put it that way. But they are very hospitable. I mean, I remember being at a playoff game with uh, against the Lions in that 2011 season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you had, you had these guys that were – just giving it, you know, like this one guy was just giving it to this Lions fan who traveled like all the way from Canada to come see it or Detroit, and it was him and his wife. He didn't say anything, didn't do anything, and then a whole bunch of Saints fans basically came to his, his defense and got that guy kicked out. I mean, there was no reason for us to hackle, for anybody to hackle him or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's just crazy how that works out. But anyway, yeah, that's number two the- for me... Yeah, number two for me would be Dallas. I mean, I'd say they're almost one, but or you know one A. But it's got to be Dallas just because they they're, they're America's team, right? And yeah, <laughs> it, it's one of those where everybody hates the Cowboys, you know. And um, I, the cool thing is, I like the the series history between the two. I mean, Dallas used to say the Saints all the time, but there was a point where that changed, and New Orleans usually does really well against Dallas. Um, you know, there's been a couple games. Obviously, everybody remembers that 2009 game. How that finished with the, uh, you know, the Saints losing their undefeated season at the hands of the Cowboys. And I remember that 2014 road game where they got spanked and uh, on prime time. Uh, you know, while I was up in Dallas, that wasn't fun because my buddy got so mad that he left at halftime and the Cowboys fans are just like, you know, just giving it to them and stuff. I'm like, okay, there was nothing that the Saints fans could really celebrate at that point. But, um, but, you know, it's just the, like I said, no matter what, and, and we know why the Cowboys are on TV, because they draw the ratings. Because you're either a huge Cowboys fan, or you're going to watch the Cowboys, or you're going to indulge and watch and, and enjoy them losing. So yeah, that's, that's definitely number two for me. I'll give you know I'll give the Cowboys fans though a little respect. I went down there. Um, it was the year Jabari Greer got murdered by Des Bryant. Um, it was a Sunday or Monday night game. I, I went down to Jerry's World with a buddy of mine who's a diehards Cowboys fan, and uh, we walked in. Oh, what year was it? Was it 2014? 2013? You sure it wasn't Patrick Robinson when he got killed? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it might it might have been Patrick Robinson. Uh, for for some reason, I had Jabari Greer in my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research right now while we're talking, but. Uh, we go down to the game, nonetheless, and Jimmy Graham drops, you know, a sure touchdown. Then Jimmy drops a pass down the middle. Josh Hill drops a screen pass. Drew throws an interception. 
Um, it was just, it was just all bad. And like Des just beasted, yeah. Des beasted. But you know what? Yeah. Everybody was polite. Like no one was, no one was acting a fool. And like I'm a, I'm a loud Saints fan when I'm out there. And people were nice yeah. to me. So like I, I left there being like, you know what? As much as I don't like the Cowboys, at least they know how to act, right? You know, they weren't, they weren't, yeah. they weren't the worst. So, yeah, man. Uh, who's your number one? Who's, I already know this. It's Atlanta, right? <laughs> yeah, you already know this. It's the NFC South, so it's got to be the Falcons. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, you know, the thing is, obviously I know there's a rivalry there, and, and that's, that's, that's no surprise to anybody else. But, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's, I don't want to say big brother syndrome or, or whatever, but, you know, no matter what happens, the Falcons really want to stay relevant. I think that they're extremely relevant to everything that's going on with, with the Saints, and that's simply just not the case. And uh, you know, uh, again, it, it, what's what's funny to me is how how much these Falcons fans just cling to stuff that's happened so so long ago. Like you know, their only claim to fame is that that crazy fluke of that Deion Jones interception, that great play in the end zone, right? Yeah. Because it looked like the Saints were going to march down the field and they are going to win the football game, all this other stuff, and then that happens. And, yeah, we can, it's a fan base that's petty. I mean, we're both petty, right? You go back and forth. <laughs> and they talk about the fictitious bounty gate, but then you can always rib on them for fake crowd noise, or <laughs> you can rib on them for the 28-3. I mean, there's just limitless possibilities with uh, – with, with Falcons fans, and, you know, again, it's just one of those that's never going to go real way. I remember when the team egged the bus. I remember Roddy White uh, being, acting a fool about stuff. I mean, there's just, there's so many mem- memories, and, and, you know, again, I think um, there's also, you you remember the 2012 game. I mean, that was when Drew threw, like, five picks. And stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was just horrendous, yeah. uh, horrendous game that he had against them. And, you know, it's not always ha- that it happens that way, but, you know, uh, again, Falcons, given how they they traditionally um, traditionally performed and, and how, you know, they, they're clinging to this extra um, couple of wins that they've had in the 70s because they always cite the, the team history and how, oh, well, we win the franchise series and all this stuff. I'm like, none of y'all were Falcons fans. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's true. It's this recency bias. They need to look at the records for the last 15 years. That's a different story. They don't want to do that, though. Yeah, they don't want the truth. They're stubborn about it. Hey, when you're right, you're right. You know, it was Patrick Robinson and Corey White. They both got demolished in that game. It was, and the, the last catch. Jimmy fumbled. Yeah, so this is. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. Mark Colston fumbled, and uh, basically Jimmy was there to pop on it. But uh, I remember because they, they tied the game up late, and they had to go to overtime. Because uh, it was Patrick Creighton. They, like, they had him, and, and we're holding in the end zone. And then they get that touchdown with, like, less than 20 seconds. I'm like, man, what in the world's going on here? Yeah, That's man. That's man. Yeah. Darn toast that day. Yeah, you know, in that Vikings game, too, if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't roll, you know, get banged up and rolled up on that last play, that Thielen catches that deep pass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. Patrick Robinson coming Everybody in. Everybody knew. What? Yeah. I said, everybody knew that's where Cousins was going. I set it up in the press box. I said, he's coming in cold. You know exactly where they're going to go. 100%. And he still didn't defend it. And he, and he didn't, and he, there was no finesse on the pass either. Like, he just put that to a spot and said, let's just hope that Thielen can beat him because Mar- Marcus came up, right? That's also on Dennis Allen, though. Like, if Dennis Allen. Yeah. Like, you, you, I don't know what it is with us in, in these big situations where 
We want to keep guys at the line. Like, like, just spread them out. Make a team beat us. Like, I don't understand why we want to always have a dick measuring competition in these moments and be like, no, 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 we're one-on-one. We're doing all this. Like, it just it, it, it baffles me. Like, I know if it works, we look awesome. You know, the David Onyemata sack against Carolina, like, that worked in that scenario, in, in that playoff game. But, like, let's it doesn't work enough. You know, we have so many bad memories. You'd think Sean would be like, hey, listen, we're not setting zero pressure. We're not that. That's not that's not what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Like we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna play go into a zone. We're going to a zone. We're gonna play cover three with a rover. Like you know it's something. Like we're not we're not gonna do this. Yeah. But the hard headed never learned. My mother said so. I guess that's just part of it. <laughs> um, yeah, just have to endure it. So Chris Rosvoglu, I don't know if you if you're familiar with him, but uh, his top five were New England at five, Dallas at four, Mini at three, like you. The Rams at two and Atlanta. Chris is younger, but it was interesting to see his and then look at yours. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see all of these going forward, right? Like we're going to have Nader Murphy on as well. Elias will be on and then Ross Jackson will be on as well. And I'm trying to still get Ralph and Andrew Druge from uh, Saints Happy Hour to come on as well as a sixth uh, a grouping and to see how people go. Um, the team that, that people cheer for, like he, cho- he chose that he cheers for the Bills. Who's a team that you watch and you're okay. like, and who's the team that you watch and you're like, you know what? They don't hurt me none when they win games, really. And I'm guessing it's going to be an AFC team. But uh, they don't hurt me none. And I actually, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy the way that they're coached. I enjoy the style of play that they have. Who's the team that you like in that, in that context? I, for me, it's always, I mean, I've been a, a strong football fan a long time in my life. But, you know, I think for me, it's Baltimore. Um, Ravens are a team, I feel like. And, and I had a buddy who was a big Ravens fan. So we actually went. To the uh, the Ravens game, it was 2010 season. Um, you know, they, they the, the game where Lance Moore made that incredible, crazy catch that he fouled Chuck and all that stuff. Yeah. Apparently, uh, my theory can't hear my Apple Watch wants to tell me about the, the Ravens, too. But <laughs> so it was that game. And I mean, the Ravens fans were pretty nice. Um, it was super cold. They were really good. And, and then, um, you know, just from that, I always liked. Back in the day, the whole point where I, was, I was bringing up is like the, the season they had the amazing defense. Jamal Lewis was one of the guys on my fantasy team. He was running for like 200 yards, and his defense, I had the defense too, which is amazing. I mean, I, I guess the thing is uh, the appreciation I had for their defense back then was just was something that I had. And I, I like John Harbaugh as a coach much better than his brother Jim. I've always <laughs> liked guys like Joe Flacco. Uh, you know, Jacoby Jones over there, uh, you know, when they had Deion Sanders, even though that wasn't, you know, totally a thing. And, uh, yeah, Aquan Bolden. Like that Aquan Bolden there as well. Yeah, yeah. Aquan Bolden. They've had a, a good history of people. And, um, you know, I, I'll never forget, I, I think I remember the there was the Denver game and uh, the playoff game where Flacco leads them on the last minute where he throws up a prayer and it's caught by Jacoby Jones and, and Champ Bailey. I don't know what he was thinking there <laughs> in that Denver secondary, but they got behind. But, you yeah. know, they've always been a team. And, you know, anybody that can beat the Patriots and take it to them or, or meet them that way, um, you know, they, they're they a team that I, you know, tend to respect. So, I don't know. They're, yeah. they're definitely a, a team that I would love to see the Saints play in the Super Bowl. And, obviously, I know we're my allegiance to why, yeah. but... Um, you know, interesting to see, but they're, they're guys, and they got Mark, they got Willie Speed on their team now, and, um, you know, so there's, there's not really much that you don't like about them there. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you picked that. Justin and I both picked Baltimore as well. So for Justin and I, Baltimore, oh, nice. yeah, Baltimore was our 
was our pick, and like Justin's Justin's fifth team that he hates because we're unraveling one at, one the one at a time. Justin was Seattle, so Ju- Justin's number five team was Seattle for all the reasons that you know <laughs> I'm sure you're aware of. And then for me, I had a tie. I had Dallas, Dallas and Green Bay, um, just for the fact that like the Dallas, the, my friends that are Dallas fans are you know impetuous and they're just like petulant children. And it just it drive me nuts. You know what I mean? They just they want to strangle them all the time every time a game's on. And Green Bay, Green Bay for the sake that Drew doesn't get his due um, from the media and from the people that judge the sport um, on an analytical level. Drew doesn't get that love. And it, it drives me crazy because he has all the records. He has the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. And if you actually look at success, Drew's had better success than Aaron Rodgers. I know those three, three seven, and nine seasons yeah. are in there. So those three, seven, and nine seasons kind of skew the numbers a bit. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers has lost home playoff games to Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco 49ers. And, like, I guess Drew lost to Kirk Cousins. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's just there's not a lot that Aaron Rodgers has done to warrant all of the love that he gets and all the accreditation that he gets because he doesn't hold a lot of records, if any at all. I don't know if he actually does. And then he has one Super Bowl. So what's the difference between Drew and Aaron Rodgers? Well, it's these records. And Drew's has a little bit long... Sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, the, the reason I think about it is because he's got the memorable plays. He's got the two Hail Mary, you know, he's got all those plays that he's made. I think that's, that, that's the God's honest truth for me. Is I think he's just got more flashier plays. That, and you watch him on the NFL 100 countdown and stuff like that. I mean, like the top 10 or top 100 plays in NFL history, he's got three of them, four of them maybe. I don't know. Yeah. There's nothing really from Drew. So, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's got to have something to do with it personally. But Well, it's just, it, my, my equivalence is that you see a guy on the basketball court go out and do like a 360 or, you know, he's like, he's got some serious hops and he can play a little bit, but he does a flashy play. So you're yeah. just like, oh, he's amazing. But then there's another guy that just, you know, steady Eddie, Dwayne Wade, right? <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, yeah. just like steady. Like he's also got some flashy plays, but he's steady. He's getting you 26, 8, and 5. And they're winning games, you know, and this guy's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And yet you're going to go and talk about the guy that got 14 and four because he had a flashy play. And to me, that's just, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't co-sign that. It drives me nuts. Um, Yeah. Anyways, before I get you out of here, I got one question for you. And we're going to ask everybody this question because I'm interested to see what people are going to say. The offense and the defense on a football team don't always have to like each other. Um, This is something that I've firsthand of have played with and figured out <laughs> and I think we're seeing it this year I think Drew kind of uh, burned some bridges with some of the defensive guys on that team that are a little bit younger and I think that they're going to hold a grudge and I think it's going to turn into that less unified front in the sense of there's not going to be a whole lot of kumbaya holding hands I think it's going to be more so like the defense goes about their business and they're unified and the offense has to do the same right do you think if that's the climate, that Drew Brees will do the chant is the first question. And the second question is, if he doesn't do the chant, who would you put in there, not DeMario Davis, other than DeMario Davis? Who would be your, your third pick, I guess you could say, to do the pregame chant and get the guys ready to go? Uh, you know, I mean, you bring up a valid question. And, and I mean, it remains to be seen, right? Because I think Drew's still trying to play a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Damage control is probably not a fair way to put it, but you know he's he's trying to mend the fences, and yeah, um, I mean there's a lot to be mending here, right? And I mean, 
I don't know. I, I just think that if I was going to pick somebody else that would lead a team that's not Demario Davis, I think it's got to be uh, somebody like Cam Jordan. Okay. Comes to mind. Okay. Uh, you know, I think he's a proven leader on this team. I think he can get everybody going. He's really well respected in the locker room. Um, you know, another person I think about maybe be Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, he's been vocal and a leader off the field. He knows what's up in New Orleans too. I think he'd be somebody that would bring it too. So nice. I think either one would be adequate if you don't. If you don't go to Mario Davis. Nice. I love that. I love that. And I think, I think Malcolm Jenkins would really come. Like, Cam's kind of a funny guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's a little bit goofy. Um, so I don't know how much heat would come from Cam in that sense. I know that they would respect him because he's done it and he's, he's, he's accredited. Those guys in that lock, locker room look up to him as a leader. But uh, it'd be interesting to see Malcolm Jenkins do that. I wonder what that would sound like. And then going into that Philly game later in the year, that would be awesome. That would be awesome to see him get those guys riled up for that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, man. You got anything else coming up, or or what's the plan here? I mean, you know, it's an interesting time. Um, working on you know so a couple of things, trying to to be a, this is the creative part of the season, if you will. So I mean, nothing's really spoon fed to you much, if you will. Um, but you know, you got a lot of things that you work on, and you know, I'm working on some things about burning questions. Facing the Saints this season, I'm going to be working on a, a couple of Camara pieces. You know, looking at his contract situation. You know, because I think that's one that's going to wait. You're going to have to see how Dalvin Cook sets the market, and then we'll kind of go from there. But you know, Camara's also in the contract season, so yeah. um, he's got a lot to play for here. And so, I mean, those are some of the many things I'm going to look at. And honestly, I just hope we have football because you know we're starting to see more of these COVID cases. It's it, um, it, it's very unsettling if you will. Um, but, you know, you asked me, if you asked me last month, I felt good about things. Now with more of the stuff coming up, I mean, now I'm like, I don't know what football is going to look like. I just hope we have a football season and, and you know, we'll have to just go from there. I'm with you, man. I'm really, really with you. Um, John, it's always, always, always a pleasure to have you on, man. I love the insight. I love the, I love the picks by you because I don't think a lot of people are going to have the Bears uh, the Bears and uh, on their on their team on their on their bottom five. I think that's awesome. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and we'll have you on again uh, sooner than later, hopefully, because we'll have lots to talk about that's before good, good. if there is even a camp that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope. I really hope so. All right, man. Let's hit you up with a who that who that man. Who that man. All right. Take care. <laughs>